Hello, my little bear cubs, and welcome back to another episode, <laughs> episode of Secondhand Therapy. That's right, baby. Oh, fuck. We just got to remind you, we're not therapists. We're not experts. Don't take this as professional advice. Don't even take it that seriously. You know? Yeah. This is not a substitute for therapy. No, no, We're, we're no. stupid. We're just doing our best. Very dumb. Uh, what else? We have news. We have news. Kind of big news. I don't. I don't know. Average size news. Average size news. We got a Patreon, you guys. Dun, da, da, da. Um, patreon.com slash secondhand therapy pod or patreon.com in the search bar. <laughs> secondhand therapy. We're ready for that commercial work, baby. Yeah. Give it to us. Uh, on the Patreon, you will find early access to episodes. There's actually one there right now waiting for you. Yeah. Uh, there are. There's bonus clips. There are merch discounts. Uh, yeah. What else is going on on Patreon? There. Is, what do we got? There's other episodes that we don't release. There are going to be moonwalking episodes where we get real high. Oh, yeah. And either joke around <laughs> a lot or maybe have an existential crisis. I don't know. <laughs> We should have called him Get High and Cry. There you go. Yeah. Cr- yeah, it'll happen. But yeah, we have a Patreon. Go check it out. Thanks for being here. Play the music. Whatever. Enjoy the show. Mm-hmm. this but i am having a hard time i know you are uh-huh this is a safe space whether you believe we've been it over this not. we've been over this here's the thing yeah i i'm very torn on it because i really i know we both do we really try to be vulnerable here mm-hmm. and um It it has been hard the past couple weeks when we record dancing around these things. Yeah. Um, and it's difficult. But also I, I I don't know, man. I'm really struggling if this is just for me or if it's something for the podcast. And I, I don't know what the balance is if it is for the podcast. I think it's a great thing because it shows growth. It's something that you have been vocally working on mm-hmm. on on here, not only in our friendship, but also on here. Mm-hmm. And I think that it, uh, it's something we haven't talked about in a while purposefully, I know, but... A little bit. We've danced around it. We, <laughs> we've been doing the dango. We've been dancing around it. But I think, like I said, I, I think it showcases a lot of growth and kind of puts more power in the idea of what therapy can do. I'm scared. I know you are. I'm scared, It's okay. What makes you want to... What do you think is going to happen if you say it out loud on here? Um, Is there judgment? No, I don't think it's a... I'm not afraid of judgment. It's... 
Well, one, it's fairly new. Mm. And two, it's something in my personal life that has been really great and is bringing me a lot of joy. And putting it out this publicly Mm -hmm. makes me... It, it it's vulnerable because it's it's a good thing in my life and I really want to protect it and I want it to be a good thing for as long as it can be. And this feels like holding a snowball out out in the sun. Yeah, people you know, turn to chip away. Yeah, yeah. It's very. It's the opposite, or I don't know if it's similar, opposite to what we talked about with Honora when she was talking about sharing her her story and her songs, then it became other people's like people started relating to it, started chipping away at it. And then the more she sang about it and the more she talked about it, the less and less it felt like hers, that ownership. Yeah. And And I think when it's a traumatic thing, beautiful, right? When it's a good thing. Yeah. That's really scary. (sighs) Um, but also my entire therapy this week was, (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> was about my new relationship that I'm in. And mm. shut up. Say it again. I I'm in a relationship. I'm in a relationship, guys. Papa Bear's got a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, and it, it it's been a hard thing to dance around the past couple weeks. Um keeping that away from the podcast. Um But if I'm, you know, it's, I talked about it with my partner and I mean, she's, she's so supportive no matter what. So she's like, yeah, just yeah, use your fucking head and, you know, don't talk about things that are too personal. I'm like, yeah, of course. Um, yeah. So I think there is a way to be public and private at the same time. I mean, obviously if we are going to be smart about it and there's not going to be like, you will never know her name. Yeah, photos or tag things yeah. or anything like she that. She will like, never be course. on my personal Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> and she knows this. Yeah, I mean, as long as there's, there's, yeah, I think there's ways to be public and private. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, hopefully this goes well. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm single next week, it was your fault, guys. <laughs> um. Yeah, but, so I guess we can get into therapy. Uh. Yeah. Like I said, it's a fairly new thing. Um, and my therapy this week was I feel terrified and I feel myself what seems to be having the urges to torpedo this relationship. Oh, buddy. I know. Dude, I know. <sighs> I haven't done it. And this is actually a testament to how much I've grown because a few years ago, every thought in my head would have been rocketing out of my mouth (laughs) with zero. And now I do have the presence of in these moments when, when I feel myself wanting to like a little thing will happen and to be like, Hey, what the fuck was, you know what I mean? In the past, wouldn't phase me at all. And now I have, I really do have the presence of like, dude, is this like, 
One, is this a big deal? Two, is it worth mentioning? Three, how is this going to affect her? Four, like, and I'm able to like think through these things now. And I've never been able to do that. When you say before, is this when you were a young man just dating coming up or is this... Uh... Any relationship before this. Okay. Any time before taking four and a half years off to do reflecting and doing therapy. and Yeah. I think in the past I thought I was... Um, being honest with my partner. Like something bothers me. I'm like... <clears throat> All right, I'm going to be honest with my partner about this. But I think it was letting my insecurities and my traumas dictate my emotions and then putting that on my partner to make me feel better. Mm. Um, and I'm not doing that anymore. Because that's not fair to my partner. Yeah. And it's not fair to the relationship. It's not fair to me. Um. Interesting. Yeah. But we were talking about, you know, things like that when I, uh, when a little thing will be said or an observation is made or whatever. And I like when I do feel my mind start to obsess and spiral and find other things to link it to, to make it into a big thing. Um, Logic in my logical brain, I can think like, I know, like, this doesn't matter. It's not a big deal. Yeah. It, it's not important. It's not, it doesn't hurt me. It like, I know that, but I don't feel that it feels so painful. And this goes back to kind of what we talked about, um, a couple weeks ago of my nervous system is, you know, traumas from past relationships or childhood or whatever, my nervous system does not understand my, like my brain knows it's not a big deal, but my nervous system doesn't know that. It feels massive and it really hurts. And even though I know it logically, I don't, it doesn't feel that. It feels like a really big fucking deal. And um, in therapy, we were talking about you know, she's like, what does it feel like when these little things and you feel like you want to spiral and torpedo and it's always, it's always in my chest. It's always just massive anxiety. And sometimes it'll dip down into my gut. Um, and then, you know, we started talking about when were other times that you remember those feelings mm -hmm. and, uh, so we went through some past traumas <laughs> yes <laughs> and it all it all fucking lines up that my nervous system is just trained over time um that it's going to end because in the past it's all, it's ended with well the last one out with my girlfriend dying yeah so my nervous system has not forgotten that that uh the worst can happen because it has happened um, so I gotta work more. What about other relationships besides that last one? Have they all ended kind of, 
uh, not on good terms or explosively? Um, no, my, my longest relationship, I dated the same girl all through college and our relationship ended. She gave me an ultimatum about marriage mm-hmm. that either we needed to get married or we didn't need to move forward. And I was like, man, we're 22 years old. You're like, let's get married. <laughs> Absolutely. I was like, yo, I'm fully committed to you. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be like, <clears throat> does it have, like, it has to be marriage. And she's like, yeah, it has to be, we have to be engaged. And I almost did it. I almost proposed. Yeah. Um, shout out to my best friend, Kyle. I love you, Kyle. <laughs> uh, you know, he, uh, he's like, yeah, proposing to somebody just so you won't lose them is not the right reason to propose. Hmm. I was like, yeah. Thank God for Kyle. Kyle's Kyle's the fucking man. I love you, Kyle. I love you so much. Buddy. Um, yeah, so I didn't propose, and that ripped my fucking heart out. It was the first girl I ever loved, you know? Yeah. Um, it was the right move, obviously. Um, but yeah, that so that, that really hurt. And I haven't really had any, like, volatile or explosive breakups or anything like that. But breakups always hurt. Yeah. You know, I, but I think losing a partner to death is something that is not common for somebody my age Yeah, and in my stage of life. So I think, um, yeah, that one fucked up my nervous system. Oh, that'll do some damage. That'll do it. (laughs) Yeah. That'll do it. Um, what are some of the actions that you take then that are different now than before? So, cause I'm learning that trick. I think we talked about on here with like asking myself if something is true mm-hmm. and if it is or isn't, then asking myself how it serves me. Mm-hmm. And I know that I've heard that a similar kind of exercise with anxiety too. And I didn't know if that is something that you implement when you're feeling these things like rise up or these little things that keep building and to pause and really take a minute and go, is this true? Yeah, I do. But that is, again, that's, that's only my logical brain that understands that. My nervous system doesn't understand that. It doesn't affect your nervous system nope. to hear that nope. even if you talk to yourself about it? Really? No. It's like a panic attack. You can look around and be like, I am in zero danger. Right. But your brain, something happened in your brain that your brain goes, we're about to die. Fight or flight. It's time yeah. to fight like logic can't shut that down. Um, and not to say this is a panic attack every time, but it's the same, it's the same ballpark. It's just yeah. like, yeah, my logical, my logically I get all that, but my body doesn't understand it. So unfor- I mean, really I, um, at this point I just have to sit in it for a little bit and hope the logical brain can kind of override a little bit. And eventually it'll dissipate, but, um, no, I have to do, I just have to do more exploring with my therapist of those past things and figuring out what they really meant. And like one of the, honestly, it was so stupid. I don't even remember what it was. Yeah. It was, um, You know, my partner, she said something we were talking about. We were just talking about like past relationships and she had said, oh, she had said something because she, she was talking, she was, you know, with a guy and you know, he wasn't great and, but like he was good enough, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I was just like, so, you know, what made you stick around for longer than a couple dates? Because they weren't together long term or anything. But she's like, I don't know. I just, you know, I just liked being around him sometimes. And she had told that to me. She had said that to me. She's like, I just really like being around you. And just the fact that she, mm. like, those same words about this guy that didn't deserve her. Yeah. In my, it went into my ear and then it goes, oh, when she said that to you, it means nothing now. Because when I, she first said it, it really, it really was special and it made me feel really good. Yeah. But then my brain's like, all right, she said it to somebody else. So that means it's not true. She's been lying to you this whole time. Oh my God, you can't trust this girl. And it just mm. fucking spirals on me. And yeah, in my mind I can go, dude, it's words. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Like not only is it just words, but anything my partner did with anybody else before she knew I existed does not fucking matter. Right. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But in that moment, it hurt so bad. It shouldn't because it doesn't matter. And I felt so fucking angry at her. Mm -hmm. No clue why she did nothing wrong. But I felt it. And that's what I talked about in therapy. And, you know, of course, my therapist did the therapy thing. And she's like, well, anger is the, that's the surface emotion. But what is it really? Yeah. And I'm like, it's hurt. It hurt. And then we went through other things, you know, past times when I felt angry. And the hurt that was really under them. And how just those fucking, your nervous system doesn't forget, man. It's bullshit. Yeah. It's fucking wild. How just one little thing and you're like, and it just jogs back all the, the times from yeah. my first relationship and my past relationship that I felt angry at my partner when I wasn't angry, but that they just did something that hurt me. Even though my current partner did nothing. She said three words and yeah. for some reason my body's like, nah, nah, we remember that. <laughs> we know what this Get is. Her. <laughs> Get her. Get her. Yeah. So, so what do you do in those moments where she's around and these things go off in you? How are you able to hide that in those current moments or are you able to hide that? I mean, you uh, said you are, you're able to work through it now and be more t patient and take time, but like, I don't hide it. You, oh, really? Mm -hmm. I'm very lucky in that, um, but my, you're but wait hold on but you're also not like snapping or anything no, no, right no. so that's I'm handling, the change. I'm handling yes. like an adult okay yeah so that's the change yeah okay. I'm also very lucky that that my girl is she's done a lot of therapy she's currently in therapy yeah and one of the things that we do very well is communicate um so I I'm straight with her I go you said this I don't know why but it really bothered me and again she's always supportive and she goes do you want to talk about it or do you need space and I just go I don't think I have anything productive to say because I feel like I'm really angry at you mm. I understand you didn't do anything so probably let me try to figure it out before we talk about it and she goes okay and she leaves it alone oh buddy I can't. <laughs> that just that just sent off so many triggers in me of my people pleasing one and the anxiety that I have when people are like Hey, I got something to tell you. We'll talk about it later. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. We talk about it now. Yeah. I need resolve. Yeah. 
And she may, I'm sure the human in her is like, right. I'd love to know what it is, but she's done enough work on herself that she understands that if I talk about it now, it's, it could blow up. Yeah. And then it could become a big thing for both of us. She, she just gets it. Yeah. She knows when to push and not to push. Good for you, man. Good for you guys. Dude. Ooh. Dude. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I, I'm, we communicate very well and I feel very lucky for that because yeah, I have that where if it was the other round, I'd be like, okay, just tell me I won't say shit. Yeah, exactly. We don't got to talk about it, but I need to know. I need to know the headline. Yeah. I don't need to read the whole article. Yeah. Just uh, give me the highlights. Spray paint it on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Spray paint it on the wall. I'll stare at it for three days. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah. I am the same way. Also, it triggers my people pleasing in a way that goes, I would be afraid to continue that open communication because I would feel like eventually, maybe this isn't people pleasing. This is, oh, buddy, this is something else that I've just unlocked or uh, traced back, which is uh, in relationships, I. This is something I'm working on. I am under the belief that um, I don't think I've shared this. I am under the belief that um, the idea of me or being with me is way better than actually being with me. And that partners have shown in the past that once they learn who I am, or learn more about me, or spend more time with me, then I become more unlovable. Partners have shown that, or like ex verbally expressed it? Both. Wow, that's, that's hard to hear. And so, I, um, that triggers in me a little bit of that like, be careful, <laughs> be careful sharing all the time, because... Yeah. It might be great right now. It might be cool right now, but let me tell you, <laughs> they don't appreciate that as a forever thing. And that's just, yeah, that uh, that's something I need to work on and reframe when I think about relationships. And that that's kind of something you've talked about on here before is am I who I'm advertising myself to be? Mm, yeah. It, it feeds directly into that. Yeah. Um, because when I do show up to be more open or more vulnerable and all these things, it, uh, it once was a turn on is now a turn off. Mm. Yeah. So why do you, th why do you think, what do you think is, what is it about you that you think women tend to idealize? Is it the on stage, the piece of the headliner, or is it is it something about you that's not your career? Um, I think a little of both. I think there for a long time it was the bravado of performing and all that. I'm I'm sure that's very enticing. Mm. Um, I don't really know. I don't have any of that, so it's hard for me to be like, oh, they're on, they're performing. Like I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm sure that's part of it. Um, but, and, and you know this, cause we, we get this sometimes, especially after being so public with this podcast and the clips and stuff like that, there yeah. are comments and DMs sometimes that are like, 
people like us because we are so open and so vulnerable. And so when women see that, that, that is enticing to them also to be like, Oh, he's in touch or he gets it or he's, we are, we are very regularly idealized. Yeah. And listeners of the podcast. Yes. Yeah. And then you actually, you know, you actually get a hold of it and you're like, oh, this guy's a fucking mess. And it's like, yeah, I've been telling you. Yeah. Do you watch the show? Every week, I'm yeah. a fucking mess. And then you uh-huh. get a hold of me and you're like, working on it. This guy's a fucking mess. Yeah. 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 I talked about it on stage. I wrote about it in a book. I talk, you know, like, I yeah. do this. It's like, yeah, I'm working on a lot. Yeah. And, um, and I think when that actually shows up, um, like I said, I think in the beginning it's a turn on and then becomes a turn off. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I also, I tend to lean on my partners a lot. Yeah. I, I know that about myself yeah. and I'm also working on that in relationships. Where uh, you, yeah, you've talked about you, you want your partners to be everything for you. Yeah. 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 Um, and that's not their job. That's not their job. It's a partnership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just love them so much, and I want to be with them. <laughs> yeah. And I just want to squeeze and love them and, and tell them everything and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. And then they're like, it's just too much love. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're going to get so many comments. I wish someone would love me like that. You're oh. not doing it wrong. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, I got that golden retriever energy. It's not healthy. I, <laughs> it's not good. I, you shouldn't know everything. Yeah. <laughs> Some things are not... For them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I have a hard time with that. Separation. So how's your dating life? <laughs> lonely. <laughs> I'm so lonely. I'm so lonely. <laughs> oh, I'm spending time alone, aren't I? Yes, you are. I'm oh, proud of you. Buddy, are you? Because yeah. it's fucking not great. Yeah. As my therapist would say. This is the work. This is the, and it, capital W-O-R-K, the work. Yeah, I can't believe you spelled it right. That's incredible. <laughs> I, that's what we were talking about in my therapy this week is this self-discovery path that I'm on now with mm-hmm. taking time and space and being alone with myself because what I keep realizing is I don't even know simple things about myself somebody asked me a few days ago what my hobbies were they were like oh since you're spending time alone like you can really lean into your hobbies i was like oh right (laughs) they're like what are some of your hobbies i'm like i don't have hobbies like uh record podcasts comedy editing no i just list off work tasks yeah they're like yeah but what do you do for fun i'm like that is fun yeah editing videos is fun i eat lunch Yeah. Love eating dinner, <laughs> breakfast. And even the things that I thought were once are still needs. Like, oh, I like to hike and I like to go for bike rides. Well, yeah, you need exercise. Like, yeah. I don't actually, like, want to do that. I mean, sure, a little bit of me, but more so when I'm talking myself about going for a hike, it's always in the, I need to go for a hike. It's I more need- self-care. Yeah. 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 And it's so it's not like... That's not even a hobby. <laughs> That's not a hobby. That's taking care of yourself. Exactly. So, yeah, I have discovered that I, you know, living this life of, 
touring and being gone so much, it's really stripped away any kind of personal life that I've had. And that's nothing new. I talk about it all the time on here, but it's really coming to light about how much has been stripped away from me. And to the point where it's like, hey, you got some time at home and you got some time off and a little bit of freedom here. What are you going to do with it? Um, yeah, scroll on my phone and hate yeah, my life. Yeah. yeah. Sit here. Yeah. Watch Netflix. <laughs> What do you want to do? I don't know. Because that's when my ADHD kicks in and everything is so overwhelming. Everything seems like such a big idea to me that it's hard for me to make a decision and my executive dysfunction, well, that's right, my executive dysfunction uh, steps in and it's hard for me even to make those day-to-day easy tasks, you know, like, what do you want for lunch? What do you want for lunch is a big question when it's day eight in a row of you can do whatever, you can have whatever, you can go whatever, like that much freedom on day eight and being like, what do you want to eat? Mm. Uh, I don't know. That's a big question. So the idea of like, what do you want to do? I don't know. So what it, what is a hobby to you? Like, what does that mean? <sighs> Something that you enjoy doing or are excited about doing in your free time. So if, you know, we talked about maybe getting into some pottery classes or something like that. If you're like, in L.A. and you have a pottery class, <sighs> we want to come. Let me know. I'll, we want to try pottery. I want to paint. I want to do pottery. <laughs> I want to do all these yeah. things. So, um yeah, something like that. And I just don't have anything in my life that, again, it's not work-related that, that feeds into that. Yeah. Um, so we were talking about how uh, influence works with me because of my people-pleasing and because of my ADHD. ADHD was coming up a lot in this last session, and she really wanted me to focus more on it and do more of a deep dive and have a better understanding of it and how it affects my life because she's telling me that it's affecting way more things that I even know about. Mm. Um, and influence is one of them. What do you mean? Influence? Um, I don't really have a, this goes hand in hand again with the people pleasing. I don't really have a filter on uh, the information that's, coming in about me so I will tend to just accept what anybody says about me so because someone says something about you to to, you to me and you accept it as a fact yes I oh yeah so you know um whatever somebody's opinion is or whatever I take that as a fact because I want them to be happy and I'm so concerned about them being mad at me or upset with me or thinking ill of me in any way that I want to change to please that so um if somebody's like oh you know Malone's messy even if I know I'm not in my head I'm like fuck they think I'm messy I'm messy I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to get my shit together. I got to start. I got to make sure that everything's in in order next time they come here or next time they see me, like everything has to be perfect because I can't be fucking messy. Oh yeah. And I just, I just, I just accept it. And what happens is (laughs) I'm not letting, I'm not accepting a lot of times the positive things that people are saying. It's always the negative. I accept the negative 
yeah just wholeheartedly yeah that's yeah i mean yeah yeah what are you supposed to do with it yeah and the yeah. positive i fight and i'm like this guy's a fucking idiot he doesn't yeah. know i get it oh yep. you're so fun you don't fucking know yeah this guy this guy's always late oh fuck i'm always late yeah oh my god now i have to be you know anything anybody says about me i just accept blindly <clears throat> wow yeah so in this idea of influence and self-discovery we started tracing it back to my childhood, which fucking of course. <laughs> don't we just love God. that? And just beat a dead horse. Uh, you? I know. And she was talking about, um, you know, again, how I wasn't really taught how to process emotions and because it would make people uncomfortable around me, It'd make my mother uncomfortable, my grandmother. We don't talk about this. We don't do that. We, and they were afraid to bring up things around me because it would upset me or they thought it would or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they assume, oh, he's just like us. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so being so repressed emotionally and not being able to show a lot of these things, even though I was very loved and very spoiled and all these great things, I was very repressed and I couldn't be myself. And I had to be this version of who they wanted me to be or who they thought I was. And so that bleeds over into the people pleasing and everything as I get older and years and years and years go by. And now when somebody goes, what are your hobbies? I go, I don't know. What do you want me to like? <laughs> Tell me what my hobbies are. I'll fucking fish. You want me to fish? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you like fishing, I like fishing. Let's go. Like, I don't know. Oh. Because nobody's told me. Have you found a silver lining in that? And like, that you're down to try anything? <sighs> I guess. That's a no. <laughs> but That's what we call no. Yeah, because it's not for me. Yeah. It's not it's not ever for me. Yeah. And uh so that broke my brain. Mm. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Yeah, and we started talking more about being open and and um cuz I I asked <laughs> I asked my therapist to be rougher with me this week. Mhm. I was like, I need, I need a challenge. Yeah. And, uh, Call her mommy. She was talking about influence and kind of pushing me a little bit. And then she goes, um, she goes, well, I, you know, I, I push you more, but I really need you to open up and share more and be more comfortable in those spaces. And I'm like, yeah, I, I have no problem sharing. And she's like, do you feel like you have a problem being seen? And I was like, no, I don't mind being seen. I'm like, I, I perform, I do this, I do the podcast. Like, I, I share a lot of very personal things about myself. I have no problem being seen. I hate being seen. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what she hit me with. She goes, are you, are you sure you don't have a problem being seen? I go, no, I don't. I just, I'm good. Yeah. She goes, all of those things that you just listed, being on stage, the podcast, and every, sharing all these things about you. And I was like, yeah, those are all from a distance. You're mm. in a safe space when you share those things. So you're not really being seen. And what happens when somebody sees you for who you really are? And that goes back to your partner's. 
when you open up and they see you is too much and they don't like you anymore. It also goes back to childhood. Of course. If I'm not who you want me to be, if I make you uncomfortable, if I don't act the way that you want me to act, if I'm not just like you and you see the real me, are you going to be able to love me? So how, how does, I don't, I don't understand. Mm. I understand your thought and the train, but your mom loved you so much and it was always unconditional. Was it un- unconditional? You know what I mean? Like these were conditions. Even though the, the love was unconditional, the behavior was expected. There were certain things that you didn't bring up to grandma because it hurt grandma. And if you did, what happened? I don't, I don't know. I just never did. You just didn't do that because it would hurt grandma. And the thought of this goes back to when my dad died and being asked about it or any, like we didn't, we didn't talk about it because my mother thought it would make me uncomfortable. She thought it would hurt me to yeah. talk about it. So we just acted like it never happened. Did you ever initiate a topic about your dad? Sometimes, but she was very guarded about mm-hmm. it. Um, and it was like that, you know, my whole life. I was very guarded with things that she thought was going to hurt me. It was very normal for me to get a phone call and be like, you know, I was in the hospital last Thursday. And you're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And she would just she didn't want to bother me. She didn't want to make me uncomfortable. She didn't want me to hurt or worry about her or anybody really, but if grandma or Wayne or anybody. And so she just assumed that's how I operated as well. Are you sure she wasn't just projecting and protecting herself? Oh, is it a scary thing to say I was in the hospital? It's, but it's a lot easier to go. Everything's fine. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sure that's into it. My mother was terrified of life. Yeah, which you are too. Yeah, that is a uh, <laughs> that is another. I've had two breakthroughs this week. <laughs> was one of them just now? No, the, remember the other night you came home and I had. I had watched a, I had watched an old TikTok about anxious attachment styles. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh buddy, this thing fucked my brain up, dude. Totally just, ugh, just reworked me. Um, they were talking about anxious attachment styles and um, what they're rooted in and how they're rooted in the anxiety of abandonment. Mm. And I'm like. Well, I don't have any of that. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, yeah. I was like, I don't have any abandonment issues. Like, nobody's ever left me. And then I started thinking about it. And I was like, oh, besides everybody in your life is dead unexpectedly. Yeah. That's abandonment. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you got a point there, brain. So I started listening more intently to this TikTok video on how she was explaining how anxious attachment style worked with abandonment issues and anxiety. And I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, this all makes sense. Cool, cool, cool. 
And then um, I started thinking about it more about when my anxiety really started to flare up and when, what was the actual root of it? Because we all know I'm a super chill laid back dude. Yeah. And um, <sighs> yeah, uh, it, uh, I believe that it started after my mother passed. That's when you started having anxiety? Really bad anxiety, which I didn't know was anxiety at the time. Been there, uh, brother. Yeah. <laughs> and it goes back to that, that feeling, those thoughts, the conversation that we've had many a times of when I'm sick or in trouble or any of these things in, in life that pop up where the, the powerful messaging of just a mother or a parental figure, whoever you're closer to, but for me, a, a mother being like, it's going to be okay. You're okay. He's not always called daddy. <laughs> you know that. Those words are so powerful from a mother. Yeah, for sure. And... A lot of my anxiety is is triggered by that idea of I will never have that ever again. And I have to live the rest of my life, no matter what happens. If I'm in a car accident, if I get the flu, if I, you know, whatever, whatever happens to me, I'll never have the opportunity for my mother to have that calming reassurance of you're going to be okay. Got something for you. Yeah. <sighs> Let me hear it. I don't think you're going to like it. No, I never do. Having your mom back mm -hmm. hypothetically mm -hmm. to be able to tell you everything's going to be okay. Yeah. You would believe her no matter what, no matter what the situation was. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Because it's not about belief. What's it's about, about love and support. And that love and support that a mother brings, I feel like is unmeasurable. What if you loved yourself? Would you be able to believe yourself when you told yourself that it was going to be okay? Hmm. <laughs>